All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well. We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome back to part two, all about sugar. Hopefully you tuned in last week to part one, where we really went into the science of what's going on with sugar in our body, a lot of the negative effects and a lot of the causes that we have for sugar cravings. So I think if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back. You'll get a really good foundation of all that. And then today we're going to dive into more of like our top tips and hacks, personal experiences, and then you have to stay tuned for the end. We have our Q&A, lots of questions today about sugar. So make sure you stay till the end. Awesome. Welcome back. So to kick it off, we want to talk about our top tips because 
Now that you know why sugar is so bad for you, we want to help educate you on how to actually make some changes. So my number one tip is to balance out all of your meals. So we want to think protein, fat, and fiber. And actually a good friend of ours, Rob Yang, I love that he created this thing called the PFF diet. Yeah. So it's protein, fat, fiber. So those are all the things that are going to help with the uh, slowing down the digestion of any of the sugar, you know, carbohydrates, glucose, all that good stuff. Um, it's going to slow that down in the body so it doesn't wreak all the havoc versus like a, a soda would where it's just liquid sugar. So that's my first tip. It's just to balance all your meals. You're going to feel much better if you do that. And it's going to help prevent that blood sugar roller coaster disaster we talked about in part one. My next tip is just to cut out sugary drinks. Like, let's not even worry about food like that we chew for a second. Just look at your drinks. I'm talking your Frappuccino from Starbucks, maybe your Coca-Cola, um, maybe even that green juice or kombucha. So all of those liquid calories, um, like I said before, it gets it hits your bloodstream really fast and causes that blood sugar spike. So anything yeah. that you're drinking, take a look at the sugar content. I think that can be such a great first step. Yeah. Kombucha is a huge one. So we talked about protein bars as being like the quote unquote healthy alternative to something processed and sugary, but kombucha goes on that list too. Like people are adding kombucha because it's fermented and, you know, healthy for the gut, but there is so much sugar in kombucha. And I've, I've watched like the average gram of sugar in an, in a kombucha just go up over the years. Like I remember when GTs first came out and that was the first branded bottle. It was pretty low. And now yeah, and it was a the lot only of them, brand. Yeah. It was the only brand. And then, you know, competition kicks in and and then companies start adding more sugar because it it makes you addicted and then you buy more, right? There's a real reason for why companies put sugar in their products. And now the average sugar serving is like eight grams which you don't want to be getting all of your sugar just from a kombucha, especially if you're drinking it for health benefits. So. Right, right. Yeah, like you said, I mean, eight grams per serving and then most bottles have two servings. So it adds up really fast. And the thing with kombucha is the the yeast in you know the fungus bacteria all that's supposed to eat all the sugar, but the problem is they're not fermenting it long enough. Mm-hmm. So then all the the sugar residues left behind. Of course it yeah. tastes sweeter. Um it, it should taste a little more like vinegary kind of like <laughs> yeah which is sweet, not pleasant you know? like a lot of people um, don't like that they prefer sugar sweet tea yeah yeah so now it's like way more people are drinking kombucha because it's basically fruit juice so of course more people like it <laughs> like yeah. 10 years ago it was like such a small percentage of the population could handle it because yeah it does taste like vinegar yeah yeah and that's kind of so, similar to like wine like commercially processed wine especially in the US which we've talked about compared to like dry farm, dry irrigation, right? dry farm wines, you get that full fermentation. So the yeast consumes all the sugar. So you have zero to, well, very little to zero sugar left over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that actually gets me into my third tip is to watch out for hidden sugar. So on top of the drinks we just mentioned, you know, things like cereal, tomato sauce, cereal Is that even hidden? Like cereal, cereal is synonymous with sugar to me. <laughs> ah, people don't realize that. I had someone the other day that's like, well, no, I, um, I eat heart healthy. Uh, was it Cheerios or no. something like that? Oh yeah. It, they, they said that they don't eat any sugar and they eat Cheerios for breakfast. So I don't know that it's a well-known thing. 
Okay. Turn the box around and read the label. It's not hard. Yeah. Even healthy cereal still has, you know, whether it's coconut sugar or whatever, but anyways, ketchup, barbecue sauce, salad dressing. Oh my gosh. Salad dressing. Balsamic vinegar. Even balsamic. I know people are like, well, I do olive oil and vinegar. I'm like, great. What kind of vinegar? Cause that makes yeah. a huge difference. So yeah, all those things. And then nut butters. So all nut butters are not created equal. <laughs> some mm-hmm. of them are adding even just like honey or maple syrup. Some are straight up adding like cane sugar. So just, you know, take a look at that. Just was that your cat? <laughs> <laughs> it was Ryan sneezing, but Max jumped so hard. Ryan, bless you. All right. Bless you, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. So I think my point is, you know, hopefully we're not eating anything out of a package, but if you are just checking that sugar label, you'll, you'll be surprised at where it's really hiding. And, and during my 21 day sugar detox, we do like a whole call just on what to be looking for. So you can really learn what, where it's hiding. And then another tip I love, you know, me and my apple cider vinegar for so many reasons, this is a great thing to cut that sugar craving. So, um, if you're really struggling with that, you can just do, you know, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, shoot that down. Or if you don't love that idea, you can even make a little cocktail of uh, lemon water, add some apple cider vinegar, and then add cinnamon and cayenne pepper. So you're getting like all the different flavors in there. But if you just drink that, I swear your sugar cravings will be gone. It's, it's a miracle. And there's no calories, no calories, no sugar. Amazing. Amazing. Just to add to that. So we talked about this in the pre-post-workout nutrition episode, but if there is, was going to be a time for sugar, post-exercise is the time because your body is trying to replace the glycogen, which is your stored form of carbohydrates. That does not mean pound a donut or have ice cream. Like the nutrients still are really, really important. Let me go into that into the episode, like what it's doing to your gut microbiome and your brain if you choose the poor version or the poor nutrients. But if we're just talking about balancing out your meals, protein, fat, and fiber, there is like a small window and an opportunity for sugar if it's in the you know, the right form. So check out that episode if you want to know more. It's funny you say that because I will never forget one of the times you came to CrossFit with me, Lauren. And at the end of class, the coach was like, all right, if you're going to eat a donut, now is the time to eat it. Like at the end of class. And you looked at me and you were like, did he just tell people to go eat donuts? (laughs) You were like furious. Oh yeah. And then I think I went back to my CrossFit gym in LA because I was living there at the time and they did the same thing. Like everyone was crushing, like someone brought in a, like a huge box of donuts to share. And it was this big celebration. Like we work so hard. Let's celebrate with our bodies that are like just so fatigued. We just like completely depleted our cortisol and all of our, our hormones. Like let's just kill our bodies by crushing. Yeah. Let's add some more inflammation in there. Yeah, but, but I get I get your point of like <laughs> if you were to do it, yeah, there's yeah, but there's other there's other ways there's other... to take in sugar, right, um, right. <laughs> uh, gosh, I like kind of want to give it away, but please listen to the episode episode. But like this is time for fruit if your body handles it. Again, test your blood sugar to find out which fruits are best for your personal blood sugar. Something like a green juice that has sugar, coconut water things like that, but it's super, super personal. So make sure you check out your blood sugar and see how it's reacting to your body. 
Definitely. Lauren, do you have any other tips that you want to add or like hacks for sugar? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I kind of introduced this in the beginning when we were talking about macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Fat can be used as a fuel source, but it takes some adaptation. You have to adapt to fat burning and this doesn't happen overnight. There's like a very careful process that happens, but because we naturally burn sugar for energy, you can actually change that, that process, that metabolism by starting to eat more fat. And a great way to do that is time-restricted eating. So changing your feeding window to be more compressed. So this is a version of fasting and gosh, this just reminds me, I read an article. I don't even know. I was like sitting um, in the doctor's office the other day, because I have this ankle thing going on. I'm just like picked up a random magazine and there was this article about fasting, how it's like just a new form of an eating disorder, which I I heard about that. It was completely unfounded. Like they started talking about soylent drinks. I was like, what does that even have to do? Oh oh gosh. Yeah. I have a full and like educated response to it, but I'm just going to keep it short here and saying that there was a lot of information missing, but time restricted Mm -hmm. eating, there's a lot of research behind this being really helpful, not only for your hormones, for your gut microbiome. And specifically today, we're talking about switching from being a sugar burner to a fat burner time-restricted eating. So it's compressing your feeding window into a lesser time of eating. So say you stop eating at 6 p.m. in the evening and then you don't eat until like 12 p.m. the next day. That's like the short version. We go into that in other episodes. But yeah, I want to add that as a tip. Okay. And then also, yeah, we talked about this before, but like avoiding artificial sweeteners. We can't say it enough because they still cause more sweet cravings. They're highly, highly toxic. They cause calorie dysregulation. They disrupt your gut microbiome. They cause insulin resistance. They're like to cancer. You guys know this stuff at this point, but just to throw a study at you about artificial sweeteners. So they took, let me get this number right. It was 451,743 people. So almost almost half a million people from 10 countries. And they looked at them over 20 years. They found that those who drank artificially sweetened drinks suffered a higher all-cause mortality and it was specifically from circulatory disease. While those that were drinking sugar-sweetened drinks had a higher risk of death from digestive disease. That is so interesting. Um, Aspartame is also linked with insomnia, depression, headaches, and seizures. So just like a lot of crap all around there. But um, the artificial stuff just has to go. It has to go. Yeah, there's just no need for it anymore. Now that we have, you know, the options of stevia and monk fruit, um, there's just no need for those artificial things anymore. Yeah. Uh, what are your feelings about stevia versus monk fruit? Because I, I prefer monk fruit. What do you think about like the sugar alcohols and then like the plant-based sweeteners? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with all of them. I think, again, it comes down to the individual, you know, what your taste preference is. I know some people just hate the taste of stevia or stevia, however you want to say it. So I would say taste preference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever you like the taste of better. And then as far as the sugar alcohols, my only concern is there's, you know, some people have some digestive complaints with that, um, right? Because we're not able to really digest it. And then, so some people that does cause some gas and bloating. So like, what is that? A halo top ice cream. I think that Mm -hmm. has like a lot of those. And actually I had a friend that she had some of that ice cream and she was in like the most 
horrific pain after like stomach pain all night long. I mean, that's maybe like an extreme thing, but some people really can't tolerate the sugar alcohol. So yeah, Yeah, I've seen that a lot. The gut distress. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah. So it's, um, not producing a spike in your blood sugar though. I don't want to say that across the board, who knows? Everyone is different if anyone's responding to that, but yeah, just know your own body. If that's definitely try it's an option, but, um, that is a potential side effect for sure. Yeah. Lauren, like you said, it's, it is so different for everyone. So maybe even testing to see how you tolerate those. Um, and I think that's a good introduction into more of like our personal experiences with this. Um, as biohackers, we've really played with blood sugar and testing our glucose to see how different things impact us. But for me, like this has been a huge issue. I had severe hypoglycemia issues. I don't really know when it started, maybe like middle school with uh, my severe eating disorder. I mean, because I was only eating some days, you know, four or 500 calories a day. So wow. you can only imagine like what that was doing to my blood sugar and my adrenals and cortisol. But I, I had a lot of experiences where I would just crash. Like I'd be exhausted. I'd be hangry. Oh my gosh. I was like the hangriest person. Um, and I didn't really know why that was. And I remember even like days, my days of dancing at Bush Gardens, I still wasn't really eating a great diet. You know, in the morning I would do like a big coffee and a cliff bar, you know, lunch, I would have like the tiniest little salad with grilled chicken. And then I'd get home and try and do the same for dinner and, and I'd be dancing all day. So then after that, I'd be just ravenous. I was like, I need Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You know, like I need, my body was craving sugar yeah, because all day huge long. Huge deficit. Yeah. All day long. I was struggling with that. Um, and I definitely had different episodes, you know, where I got stuck without food and I was just a mean person, (laughs) but I, Lauren, you remember in New York, I had such a scary thing happen, probably scarier for you, mom and dad than me. Cause I blacked out. I will never forget this until the day I die. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, I think I was standing next to you and we were watching. So for anyone that has maybe seen this show sleep no more in New York city, it's a wild show, but you like walk around with masks on and you follow the actors. So you can go to different rooms, watch different performances. It's like the craziest show I've ever been to. But we were standing there watching this performance and everything in the room just went dark for me. Just totally blacked out. I guess I, I, I don't know if I sat down or fell to the floor. I don't really remember what happened. But ultimately someone like gave me orange juice, I think, to like bring me back to life. So maybe it was low blood sugar because I do remember we didn't eat dinner because we were just so busy and we had like a late lunch. We didn't eat dinner. Mm-hmm. I had a huge coffee because I knew we were going to be at the show late. And then we went to the Hit show and had a cocktail. Your blood sugar. Yeah. So caffeine, alcohol, no food. Like, oh my God, what was I thinking? So I don't know. I've had like experiences like that where I'm like, God, what was I doing to my body? I probably had such low blood sugar. It would have been interesting to, to actually test it in the moment, but Oh, I would not want to see that reading. That was just so scary because none of us knew what was happening and you were essentially kind of like frozen on the floor. Yeah. And in my panic, I definitely did not think that giving you orange juice or sugar would help. I didn't realize at the time it was a blood sugar issue, but given all of that information leading up to that event, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, So anyways, I've had to just like learn over the years and that's why um, like more of the paleo diet has helped me because I balance my protein, fat, fiber, definitely do less carbs. I can't do refined carbs. It just, um, it's horrific for me. If I eat a lot of like bad carbs at night, I'll wake up at three or 4 a.m. starving. 
it's crazy because mm-hmm. my blood yeah. sugar just is all over the place. So yeah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's where my journey has brought me to really just watching my sugar. And I feel so much better without it. Nothing worse than that, that hangry, you know, crankiness. No one wants to be around that. <laughs> yeah, no food should make you feel good. No, yeah. I want to avoid yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So that's my, that's my story. What about you, Lauren? How did you kind of discover all this? One, I've known for a little while that I do better with more protein and fat, uh, according to the metabolic typing diet. I'm a fast oxidizer because there's some debate around whether or not this really is a thing, but I know that I definitely feel better with less carbs and especially less carbs in the morning. So I used to start my day with cereal, you know, white and white and brown (laughs) products. Like I grew up in the eighties and like in the nineties, it was full on (laughs) cereal every morning for breakfast. Oh yeah. And, uh, as an adult, I found that really didn't work because I would have these energy crashes. Like my energy just wasn't sustained throughout the day. It would make me more hungry. Like I feel like I was eating way more than I needed to. So once I sort of discovered that I was best oxidizer and started playing more with protein and fat, everything really changed for me. Like it was much easier for me to go longer without eating. So I used to be really reliant on snacks because I had to like keep my blood sugar up. Like I was so attached to this idea that like I had to keep my blood sugar level. And if I didn't eat every two hours or, you know, there's that school thought you have to eat six meals a day to keep your metabolism revved. That is so not in my life anymore. So I, I really focus on protein and fat in the morning. And then if I get carbs in, they're going to be later in the day, mostly in the evening or after a workout. And in addition to that, I've learned so much, even more so about testing my own blood sugar at home. It's so interesting, like foods that I thought might spike my blood sugar don't and vice versa. There's some things that I never would have thought that do spike my blood sugar. Like one, I think I've mentioned on here before a yerba mate energy shot, like having a, Oh yeah. That was a really crazy one for me. And I was just testing, like I've been testing lots of random things. Like I test all day long and I'm just trying to test everything that I put into my body because I'm so curious. So I think as we said earlier, you could have things hiding in your food and you don't know how they react to your own body. So the at-home blood glucose testing has been really empowering. What else? Uh, As a performer, it's kind of, it's tough because at the theater, I'm surrounded by sugar. I think this goes for like a lot of nine to fivers. It's like how we show our coworkers love right? Like we, people bake cookies and bring candy back from their vacation, like this special treat from this part of the world. And we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate first shows, last shows. It's, there's always <laughs> something. It's so crazy. Yeah. You know, no one's going to bring carrots and celery or, you know, every now and then you get like a nice gluten-free paleo treat, but that is so rare. So it's really tough to avoid that stuff. And then we get into that debate about whether or not athletes and high performers need more sugar because we're expending so much energy. Well, I'm expending a lot of energy at nighttime, but throughout my day, I'm pretty active training and working out and doing the show. So I guess the question has always been like, can I tolerate more sweets? Uh, I don't know. The jury is out, but I have found out a lot of information from testing the blood sugar. 
And I don't really want to share the exact results because I don't want anyone to have a, or create an association with certain foods. If I just say them out loud, like these are my personal results. Like this is, no, I think that's good. My own biohacking. And I have that information for myself. Like I've learned this works, this doesn't work. And I stick to that. And if I choose to ever veer from that, like I will experience the consequences. Right. So I don't know. I mean, quality is really important. Obviously, if you are going to do some sweets, try to get a better quality treat, but just see how it's reacting to your body because that's so, so, so individual. Yeah, I think that's great. That's where the testing and biohacking comes in for sure. And I I guess I'm I'm pretty grateful that I am not exposed to all that. I didn't even think about that in like the theater world, but definitely a lot of my clients that are in like a typical nine to five job like there's sweets everywhere. Like I honestly might go a whole day and not even see anything. <laughs> I never really thought about it, but I guess I'm really fortunate in that way because I work from home. So I control my environment, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, Anything you it, buy yeah. is in front of you, your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Which has its own, I mean, you know, cons, I guess, you know, having the fridge right next to my desk. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm looking at you right now, sitting in your kitchen. Like you work in your kitchen. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. What other thing? Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I don't know. Pick healthy foods. So I think it's anyway. challenging either way. And, you know, getting into the willpower motivation stuff is really tricky. If you have like a bad relationship with sugar, like if you have that neurotransmitter imbalance, if you have gut disrepair, if you've created an addiction in that way, it's going to be so hard to say no Yeah. But I think that goes back to what we said before about when you can control your biology, right? You feed your gut microbiome the right things. You change your taste buds. You do all of that that helps with like the willpower. Like the willpower should be the last factor you have to worry about, right? Like teach your body how to not even want sugar. And that way, when you're exposed to it, it's not this like huge mental battle. Right. Right. Yeah. So nail the science and the biology and then we can get into the emotional stuff. Yeah. It's much easier that way. Oh, you just got me excited for our favorite hacks. I'm gonna yeah. let you go first as always, but I'm <laughs> thinking about one right now. <laughs> oh, 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 all right, I'll go quick. Yeah, well, you kind of just said my favorite hack. I mean, the glucose monitor, right? Everyone is different. I always go back to that study about the big groups where they found that some people, banana spikes their blood sugar versus other people, white bread spiked their blood sugar, and it was just different. So mm-hmm. just going back to the bio individuality of that and I mean, definitely invest in a glucose monitor. You, they're like, what, they're so cheap. Five bucks at CVS or Target, Amazon, whatever. I always recommend just as a baseline, do your fasting glucose. So first thing when you wake up in the morning and then also play around with the two hours post meal, especially two hours post breakfast. I think if you were only to test twice a day, those are the two best times. And then from there, you can obviously get a little more fancy with it. But I love that hack. And then I mean, my other favorite hack is going to be my 21 day sugar detox. Like I obviously I'm, this is the moment we've been waiting for. (laughs) Sell it. (laughs) I just love it so, so, so much. I mean, I just find it's such a good refresh for people. Like I think when people hear the word detox, they get a little scared, but it's really just 21 days of eating whole foods. Like you're preparing your meals or eating. I mean, it's kind of like a paleo diet, but there's three different levels. So it's up to you if you want to go dairy-free, totally grain-free, which would be full paleo, or if you want to keep a little bit of dairy in there, that's fine. So we work with like how to do that for the individual. 
So there's different levels, there's modifications. I love the group coaching because like even if I'm maybe MIA for a couple hours, I'll have people like posting in the Facebook group, hey, I'm at Whole Foods, like what do you guys think about this? And like someone else will comment back and um, I love seeing like the group support each other. It's really fun and it's great. And it's really about creating new habits. You know, like I said, it's not this restrictive fad diet. It's teaching you how to live and enjoy sugar when it's appropriate. Um, so, well, for 21 days, you're not having anything sweet, right? Because we're retraining the taste buds. After that, I hope that you can go enjoy like some ice cream on your birthday or whatever celebration. And you just know how to like moderate that and really appreciate it and, and taste the real sweetness. So it's like a reset for that too. Yeah. Renee, <laughs> what would you say is the difference between your detox and other sugar detoxes out there or even something like Whole30 that's like branded and, and packaged up and easy for people to access? Well, so I mean, mine is somewhat branded because I've, I actually got trained with Diane Sanfilippo who created the program. So with the program, when you sign up, I actually mail everyone a book like a full book has like all the detox guidelines, all like so many good recipes. So you do get a lot of that. But then also, like I said, you get the group coaching. So once a week we do a group call on Zoom. So that's kind of fun. We do a video chat. So everyone can ask questions. We do some education about sugar. Um, what else? We also have a Facebook group. So that's where I was saying where people can chime in and share stuff. And then I also send people like my favorite gluten-free, sugar-free snacks with the book. So that's kind of a fun way to kick it off. And you also get some one-on-one. Like, I think you need that accountability, right? Honestly, anyone can go on Amazon and buy this book. I will tell you that. And you could do it on your own. But I I don't know anyone that would really do that and stick with it. I think you need harder coaching. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully that answers that. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. So... Well, I'll just start my favorite hacks with saying your detox is amazing. I love doing this. I've done it a few times with you and like our whole family does it. And there is just (laughs) so much power in like engaging in a group, especially in a group of people that you know and love. The accountability is just so awesome. And I always do this with my clients. Like I make sure that they are stating their goals and sharing their goals with their loved ones and friends. I know it can be a really vulnerable thing, but the more people that you tell, one, you're just speaking that like to the universe, you're energetically putting out there. But if you speak it to the people that are in your community and your circle, then you're getting accountability no matter what, because they've heard it from your mouth. And then the next level of that is having people that you love or friends engaging in the same thing. So this group sugar detox is so awesome because we all want each other to succeed. And I know personally, I don't want to let anyone else down when I'm, when I'm doing the detox and I know everyone else is going through the same thing and there's so much power in that. So I love that. The accountability, the structure of the program, the recipe book gets you really excited about food because I think when people hear like, cleanse, detox, all those buzzwords, they think like, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat anything fun. It's going to be so boring. It's going to be restrictive. That recipe book is really awesome. Right? I know. Ryan loves it. Yeah. My husband loves the food. I remember one day I made these like buffalo chicken egg frittata things. And he was like, are you sure this is allowed? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of real food that is is sugar-free. We just have to... (laughs) consciously choose it. 
Right. So number one hack. Number two for me is uh, a blood glucose supplement. And the one that I have been experimenting the most with recently is a Keon supplement. It's called Keon Lean. And it has the two potent ingredients in that formula are bitter melon extract and rock lotus extract. I've used those in my blood glucose testing and they work. I mean, not if cool. I'm like Very pounding cool. ice cream and candy and stuff, <laughs> but like I've, I'm eating my normal day of food, which is very clean. And I typically eat a lot of carbs for dinner because I like that they help me produce those like calming neurotransmitters, like uh, the serotonin, tryptophan, getting me ready for bed. But I don't want a big blood sugar spike. So I just take that like just in case. And I, I've stayed like very even throughout it. You know, it's tough. There's so many factors that go into this stuff, but I have seen like an overall very consistent positive change when I take that supplement. So that's really nice. I mean, other things you can add to your food, like cinnamon is really easy, especially if you're going to eat something like an oatmeal, you know, that tends to be a little more carb heavy. Cinnamon's a really easy thing. Like who doesn't have cinnamon in their kitchen? Yeah. And it tastes good. It tastes so good. Yeah. I mean, not, not on all savory dishes, but I've put it in, you know, some chicken dishes before. Oh, really? Yeah, I like it in my fry. coffee, actually. Oh, I love it in my coffee. It's definitely yeah. great in coffee. I don't know. Why not just try it? Okay, last favorite hack. Because I am a chocolate lover, I'm always searching for a chocolate that is not high in sugar. And it's really tricky because if you're combining cacao, the cacao bean with all of those other things that make the chocolate taste really good. Like there's an inverse relationship between the cacao and the sugar content, right? So I'm always trying to hover at like the highest cacao content possible, but it gets like really bitter up there, right? But I found found this brand called Evolved and it's actually 100% cacao, which normally is is really off-putting and pretty bitter. There's zero sugar in this and it's delicious. And the best part about it is it doesn't create a craving for more. Like I'm pretty satisfied after, I love my chocolate. So let's say, yes, you do. At least two squares. I get it for my mom. It's her fault. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was like a staple in the diet, actually in this family. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm quite as related to you all in that. (laughs) arena. Get out of here. Okay. Well, mom and dad love chocolate too. I get it from them. I really, I need chocolate and I take my medicine. That's the one with the, that's the one with the monkey on it, right? The chocolate bar. Yeah. The one I had today, like had some coconut flakes on top, like there's good fats in there. And then the pure 100% cacao. I love that one. I think that's a great hack if you're a, a chocolate lover and also just maybe need like a little sugar something after a meal, which I don't really encourage as a long-term habit. Yeah. I think that can become a bad habit for sure to always want to get something like that after dinner. Yeah. We don't want to rely on it. Okay, great. Those are our hacks. We will provide some links in the show notes and let's get to our Q and A. We're going to answer a bunch of questions because we just had so many really awesome questions. We want to make sure everyone is getting all the information they need. Renee, kick us off. Yeah. First up from Danielle, we have, why is sugar so addicting? Is it wrong to have a piece of candy here and there? 
Ooh, well, I think we mostly <laughs> answered that. I mean, definitely the addicting thing. So I guess just a few reminders, right? We have that blood sugar roller coaster, which makes you go back for more sweets. Uh, we have the effect of sugar on our taste buds. The more sweet you taste, the more sweet you crave. Um, also the gut microbiome. So remember the sugar is feeding the bad bugs in the gut and they will overpower your willpower to make you want to eat more sugar. Also the brain issue. So Lauren, you mentioned like the concern with craving, you know, cocaine and heroin as being so extreme, but there was a study that found that rats would actually choose sugar over cocaine. Um, that so study gets me every time I hear that. I think that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. It just like lights up the brain. So that dopamine release is huge, right? We want that pleasure reward signal. So I think those are all good reminders that, you know, is it wrong to have a piece of candy here and there? Uh, I guess it's, what is the, you know, what's the need for it? I, I guess it depends on like what type of candy, right? We just talked about chocolate, but listen, it's not going <laughs> to kill you. It's yeah, kill it's you. not. I would just, yeah, in moderation and just, you know, is it like, oh, after a meal, I always want that. Or is it that you're tired? I would just look at like maybe the cause of that and just see, but no, it's yeah. Like, I think if you're, if you've developed a habit, it's just worth questioning. Yeah. Is there an addiction? Do I need this? Can I have something else? Can I take a break from it? You know, I just think right. if you're in like a sort of an unconscious choosing of food, then you need to question that. But no, one piece of candy here and there is not going to kill you. Next up, Aram asked, how does our body digest and use natural and fruit sugar opposed to the sugar that's found in processed foods? I think the first thing you want to look at is the fiber content. So anytime we're eating whole fruit, you're getting a ton of fiber that's going to slow down the digestion of that sugar. Plus in whole fruit, you're getting a lot of the benefits, right? Vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. So there's a lot of benefit with that versus the sugar and processed food, typically very low fiber. It's going to probably be high in calories, fat, sodium, all these other things, but the sugar is going to be absorbed much quicker into the bloodstream, which is going to cause that blood sugar spike. So I think fiber is the first thing you want to look at when you're comparing the two. Absolutely. And I think a lot of like protein bars are catching on to this bit of information. Like you'll see sometimes on the label, they'll, they'll really sort of try to push the fiber content and then they'll tell you like the net carbs. So even yeah. if the protein bar has carbs in it, once you plug in the fiber content, which is going to make it much slower digested and metabolized, like it's slowing down that whole process. You're not getting a shot to your bloodstream then you have what's left over is the net carbs. So it's a much lower number. So that is definitely worth looking at. And I think food companies are probably getting turned on to that and using that as a marketing yeah. tool. Just make sure you're really thoroughly reading the label for ingredients because you want quality. Because I feel like over time, we're going to start seeing that net carb thing everywhere. And then oh, definitely. Definitely we're going to ignore other other factors. Yeah. And plus the type of sugar, right? I think like you were kind of saying, in processed food, the sugar is probably going to be, you know, high fructose corn syrup or regular corn syrup or rice syrup, you know, all of those, which are, are, are not ideal versus the fructose and fruit sugar. I know there's a big debate about fruit, right? A lot of people are like, don't eat fruit, but I think in small amounts and seasonally fruit is fine. So, yeah, well, I know I personally don't really do well with fruit. There are a lot of fruits that spike my blood sugar way higher than honestly, even ice cream. And I think it's because yeah. of the fat content in ice cream, but 
yeah, not all food, fruit is created equally, just as our bodies are not created the same. So just test it and know what works for you. Yep. But just if we're looking at fructose, that has a really, really high blood glucose response. It is like top of the list as far as like blood glucose stimulation, even above high fructose corn syrup. And hopefully everyone out there knows by now that this is a bad thing, but you may not know that high fructose corn syrup is biochemically basically the same thing as sucrose. So we really have to look at all of these simple sugars because they're honestly not that different. So always look towards real food. And yes, as Renee said, like fruit does have a benefit, just know if it's going to work for you or not. Right. Awesome. All right. Hopefully that helps with that question. Uh, Next up, Lindsay asked, what are some healthy ways to manage my blood sugar? I really hope we answered this. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Lindsay, definitely, I guess, go back to like our top tips. I'm hoping we recommended a lot of really good tips for that. And if you have any more questions, definitely let us know. Lauren, do you want to add anything? Yeah. I mean, just to recap, like fiber is going to slow down the breakdown of the sugar. Fat is going to slow that down, eating a balanced meal, getting the protein. Yeah. I think we covered that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Final question. Emily asked, what are the sneakiest foods with sugar and how can you help detox without total elimination? Okay. So as far as the sneaky foods, yeah, I think we mentioned a couple, right? Um, I always say, look at sauces, you know, your barbecue sauce, ketchup, salad dressing, like sugar definitely sneaks into those a lot. Obviously we want you to be eating foods that don't have a label on them, right? You want to be eating foods that are just whole foods, one ingredient, but certainly if it does have a nutrition label on it, just check the sugar and you you might be shocked at where it's sneaking in. Any other foods you want to add Lauren to that list? Um, I really think dressings are like a huge one. I just hear it all the time. Like I ate a salad. I'm like, okay, let's talk about, are your, like the nuts in your salad coated in something? Did you add balsamic? A lot of our meats that are going to our salads are preserved and covered in sugar. So yeah, I mean, that's a good one. another great reason to do this 21 day detox, because you're going to get a list of all these things. So you can really start doing your own research and homework. Because once you see where that sugar is, you're going to know every time. So that's part of creating the habit is being able to identify those foods because it is really tough. It's really tough, especially when you go out to eat because just like the soda companies hide salt and sugar in their soda, like restaurants are hiding that in their food because it makes it taste better and it makes you eat more. The detox is really helpful with that. Yeah. And then as far as, you know, how we can help with the detox and not totally eliminate Yeah. You know, my number one thing is cut out any of the sugary drinks. Like if you want to slowly eliminate sugar, I would say just make sure you're not drinking anything with high sugar. Yeah. But honestly, I I find the total elimination is a good way to go because it's the quickest way to cut the sugar cravings. It improves your gut microbiome. You see results, you stay on track. And then from there, right, you can add things back in and you'll realize how sweet they are. So I personally would say the total elimination I think is a better option. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I agree. And I just want to add in that this 21-day sugar detox, the purpose is not to lose weight. If that becomes a benefit, that is awesome. But we're trying to change your relationship to sugar and reset your body's relationship to sugar. So please, if you're going to sign up for it, do not put a lot of weight on that literal literal weight. We're trying to clean out your body, get rid of that addiction, reset your gut microbiome, all of these things that we talked about. 
um, that sugar is doing to your body. We're just trying to clean house in that way. And for some people that could result in weight loss and over time, it is definitely going to have a positive effect on your body composition for sure. But, um, yeah. And I think you do have to fully commit if you want to reset. There's no like halfway here. It's 21 days. You could do anything for 21 days. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. And so actually my, just FYI, my next group detox is going to be November 1st. So if anyone wants a little detox in between Halloween and Thanksgiving, it's actually my favorite time of year to run the detox because people go into the holidays, like feeling amazing. They feel empowered, just like, I think ready to hit those holiday parties better instead of waiting till January when you like have all this guilt and feel like crap. Think like, let's get a jump start on it. Yeah, yeah, you get to Thanksgiving, you have one bite of pie and you're like, whoa, that's so sweet. <laughs> yes. And enjoy it so much more. Yes. And on November 1st, you get to throw out all the Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah. I will be there. I'm signing up. I'm definitely doing it. It would be awesome to have a, a nice big group. Accountability is so awesome. Yes. I hope you guys show up with us. Yeah. And all over the country. That's the coolest part about being virtual. You can be anywhere in the world. So we hope to see you there. Awesome. Thank you, Renee. And thank you everyone for listening to part two of our sugar series. We always enjoy and appreciate your support. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for all the great questions. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking.